like a shark yeah. fin. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark uh. fin. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark uh. fin. Yeah, it's blue as my hat is like a shark fin. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark fin. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark fin. Deep is blue as my hat is like a shark fin. What is up, people? This is the Shark Attack. I am yours truly, Sean Williams. Of course, joined with me, as always, is the one and only Mr. J.P. Mayer, as we are hours away from Fastlane. J.P., what's going on? Ah, drank too much last night. But I'm up, I'm ready, willing, able, and I'm ready for Fastlane tonight. All right. So, with that being said, let's get to the first topic. Well, before we get to anything else, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the passing of King Kong Bundy, who passed away at the age of 61. And yesterday, the Wally Yamaguchi, formerly Yamaguchi-san of Kayantai, also passed away yesterday. So, JP, real quick, I'll, I'll ask you regarding King Kong Bundy. What's your big mem- biggest memory of King Kong Bundy? Well, King Kong Bundy is a, a New Jersey native, and as you know, I am from New Jersey, so... Um, King Kong Bundy, I'd have to say, I'd have to say Mania 2, him and Hogan. Yeah, that, that was a pretty good, decent one, and you know what? To this day, I'm glad they ditched the blue cage. You see, I like the, like, I like the blue cage. No, my reason for why I'm glad they ditched it is the injury factor. Because those things were more unrelenting than what we got now with the regular cage and Hell in a Cell. Because those thi- those suckers don't give way. That is solid metal. Yeah. So when you have that, the door of that thing slam into you, <laughs> that's no picnic. But, you know, outside of wrestling, of course, he had he had quite a few stints, like, on guest roles, mind you, um, acting. Of course, most notably, was Married to Children. Was it? Didn't he do... No, that was Vader who did Boy Meets World. Yeah, Vader was the one who did Boy Meets World. Um, King Kong Bundy was actually on, on two episodes of Married to Children in two different seasons. Season 2, where he was one of uh, Peg's relatives. And in, in one of the later seasons, where as himself, as, the, as King Kong Bundy and No Man's favorite wrestler. Yeah. Still to this day, one of my favorite lines was when Bud asked him for a picture with him, saying it would mean a lot to his brain-dead father. And Bundy's reaction was, sure, kid, I do a lot of my work on behalf of the stupid. <laughs> and, of course, Bud having to get in the ring with him and begging him, please don't kill me. But, of course, let's not forget the infamous five count. He was the, one of the few guys who ever demanded a count of five instead of three. Yeah, and obviously the other one most recently was Big E. True, but um, but you know, 
uh, it's funny how, because during his first run, of course, shaved his eyebrows, but later on in the 90s, when he came back as part of Ted DiBiase's stable, had his eyebrows back. I hated that Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah, it was not one of the memorable, it was one of the more forgettable stables, and (laughs) I'm... I can't help but think that that was probably one of King Kong Bundy's, um, one of his negotiating, or one of his terms was, he's not shaving his eyebrows. I would hope so. Yeah. Because that was the thing, it always just looked strange to me when he, when he did that. It did. So I never understood that at all, but, eh, whatever. But, rest in peace to both King Kong Bundy and Yamaguchi-san. And Yamaguchi-son's claim to fame is, I choppy-choppy your pee-pee. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a stable that never took off. And it's a shame, because you had somebody like Takamichi Noku in there. Yeah, I mean, Funaki was the only one that probably had more success at, or rose up from that group than anybody else. And I think Taka Michinoku's biggest problem was that even though he was the lightweight champion, he had no competition. No, going back then, there was no competition for light heavyweight slash cruiserweight now. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Every champion is only as good as the competition you have. But speaking of champions, let's talk about this one because NXT hit a little bit of a speed bump here. Tommaso, oh, a little bit. T- yeah, Tommaso Ciampa had has has a neck injury and did require neck surgery, which he underwent successful surgery this week. So this unfortunately means that he is not going to defend the belt at Takeover New York, and that he will, if it's not neck. This coming week, if it's not this week, it's next week, he will forfeit the NXT title. I know the tapings are this Wednesday. Yeah, so, um, but, I was, um, so, two questions, JP. One, because this is going to set him back four to six months. Four. I heard six to fourteen. Okay, so, I mean... Well, either way, it's gonna it's setting him back for a long time. How much does this hurt Champa in terms of push wise, and how do you, what's the right way to handle the situation for the NXT title? Because obviously, even if you have Gargano win the belt, it's not going to mean as much if he doesn't de- if he didn't take it from Champa. Now, it's gonna mean something if Gargano finally wins the big one. Um, truthfully, I think the match is going to be, obviously, Chapa's going to be stripped of the title, or he's going to relinquish it. Like, with everything that that's going on on NXT, obviously, you got, um, more Raiders facing the winner of the, Dust, of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. We got... More than likely, we're going to have Matt Riddle versus Velveteen Dream for the North American title. Um, who knows who Shayna Baszler is going to face, whether it's going to be Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, uh, Bianca Belair, combination of any of them, combination of all of them. 
that leaves two people, that leaves one person that's on the top of my head that can go into that match with Johnny Gargano. I'll let you say the name. You better say it, because I'm actually, no, I, I got enough strength to say it. <clears throat> Adam Cole Bebe. Exactly. And you know, in that situation, all due respect to Johnny Gargano, I'd take Cole winning that belt in a heartbeat. I'm biased, but thats I just think that you had probably the best heel champion NXT has ever seen in Ciampa. Oh, yes. The only one who could fill in that void and be the champion that everybody wants to try and take the belt from but fails to do so there's nobody better fit for that than Adam Cole yeah but after having the heel champion Ciampa had Ciampa had that belt over 200 days he's had to have been let me look, let me look up something real quick <coughs> And technically, Ciampa still is the champion. He hasn't dropped it yet. Right. Although, um, I was going to say, though, this is not... It's... I mean, injuries happen and all, and this crap does occasionally happen. This is definitely not the way I wanted to see him lose the belt. No, absolutely not. And he's actually at... The third, the fourth longest reign of all time at 235 days. <clears throat> but yeah, nobody wants to see. Nobody wants to see anybody lose a title due to being hurt. Yeah, but let me cl let me clarify something. I'm not saying that Gargano winning the belt wouldn't mean anything. I'm just saying it wouldn't mean as much without that final chapter. For him and for him and Champa. Yeah. The fact that we are, we're that because of this injury we've been deprived of that, it's it's crappy as hell. But yeah, originally from what I thought I heard is that it was going to be a three-way dance for the North American title with Velveteen Dream defending against Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. But now with Champa being hurt. That they that they're gonna pull Adam Cole and that it'll be him and Gargano for the belt. But in retrospect, though, I mean, what we were saying about having going from one heel champion to another, having Adam Cole or Johnny Gargano win that belt, even though the face heel dynamic, it's it's a win win situation. Because you give you give Adam Cole that belt, he'll run away with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the guy. I I don't use the phrase "just born and bred for" to be the the top champion. He's definitely that. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> but quite a few interesting developments for NXT over the weekend. ACH and Trevor Lee both debuted at a, at a live event. And of course, w, and we talked about this before before the show, um, 
WWE is still interested in Shane Strickland. As they should be. Yeah, I think he just finished up his last appearance with the one of the promotions he was with. One of his one of his last appearances, I think. Now, if you remember going back, <coughs> whenever NXT they brought in a new NXT guy, mm-hmm. a new signing, you always had they always made a big stink about it, and you had him in the crowd to where they would receive all the jubilation from the fans. We didn't have that at, at Takeover. Phoenix. That is true. And you know, one other thing I'll say about NXT, um, I, I still call him Dominic Dijak, but um, what it, correct me, because I keep mixing it up, what's the name that they gave him now? Dominic Dijakovich. So, him and Keith Lee, I watched their match on NXT, which ended in a double countout. Give us a rematch, and give us that rematch at TakeOver New York. Yes. Because here's the thing, even though I knew his name, I wasn't exactly... I, w- I hadn't seen too, many, too much of Keith Lee, but the stuff that guy does... For his size and his bulk, is superhuman. Oh, absolutely. And seeing him and Dijakovic just beat the holy hell out of each other, it was like watching two freight trains collide. And it's like the crowd was saying afterwards let them fight. Absolutely. There's nothing worse to me than. Seeing a match with that is just phenomenal, but no winner, and we never see a rematch to get that winner. Case in point, the old, now defunct, Wrestling Society X. One of the best matches I saw that they had was the Human Tornado versus Jack Evans. It ended in a draw. And they were act, and before MTV canceled it, we were going to get a Hot, well, guess their equivalent of a cruiserweight match or t- cruiserweight championship match, and the winner of the rematch between Jack Evans and Human Tornado with no time limit draw would be the new champion. I was always pissed we never got a winner for that. Nice. Because the, the first match I saw from Wrestling Society X was. Matt Seidel and Jack Evans, and I was just like, how the hell did it, with Evans, I was like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah, those two, Seidel and Jack Evans, are two amazing, and they still go. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Evans has never shown any interest to really go to any of the bigger promotions. I mean, he's had tryouts with TNA, but that's it. We've seen him in matches, but it was like a one-time thing, but we never we never saw... I don't think he's ever shown any interest for going, or any attempt with going to WWE or ROH or anything. No, 
You know, some guys are just comfortable where they're at. Yeah, now, well, now, what I was bringing up with the whole, they didn't show any big signing at TakeOver <clears throat> Phoenix. What if they get Strickland in time and have him be in the crowd at TakeOver Brooklyn 5? And yes, I'm calling it TakeOver Brooklyn 5 because it's in the same fucking arena that they had the first four Brooklyn TakeOvers. Yeah, I mean, for the for this being WrestleMania weekend, I would ex- expect they're planning something big for that. They got to. I mean, you need something. But with that being said, it's that time again, JP. It's that time where we cross the line. Bitch, what line? <laughs> and bitch is definitely the proper one for this one. Ronda Rousey went mental on Monday. She just freaking snapped. And if you see much of the stuff outside of the ring, she's definitely embracing going uber bitch on everybody. She... So, let's break it down. Tonight at Fastlane, Stephanie McMahon said, well, originally it was going to be for the belt until Ronda took it back. But now the match between Becky and Charlotte is... If Becky wins... She's in the match at WrestleMania. But, if Charlotte wins, Stephanie's words, Becky's done. Which, you add that in, it's like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen now. Yeah. And then Ronda just turns on the fans, Stephanie rips on the business, and beats the holy crap out of Becky Lynch. Saying saying just screw the WWE that no woman can touch her. Now, you know, this is probably the better way to go because you want to know why Ronda just wasn't getting over with the fans? It's because the revolution for the women's division, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, they were all there. They were all there kickstarting this thing and making it what it is. Ronda was just a tag-along. Well, to be fair, Ronda was doing her own revolution, but in UFC. True. But as far as her, like, ripping on, like, on the WWE Universe, just ripping the fans and everything, and what WWE is... I have this little message for Miss Rouse. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... How would you like to suck my balls, Mr. Kirsten? I was so waiting for the right moment to use that. <laughs> but here's what I, the way I took, what I took from this. Becky is going gonna, is gonna to get in that match. She's going to win. And Ronda... With this whole heel turn and how they've built her right now, Ronda's ass is going to get beat. I mean, give me one reason why they won't do it. Right now, you built her as this anti... She's anti-WWE, and the crowd hates her. They're, they're going to be screaming to see her get her ass beaten. So give me one reason why we should not expect this to happen at Mania. 
I mean, why put this much effort into building this story without having the mother of all payoffs? There's just literally no, no other reason for it. Yeah, they need the they need that happy ending right there. Agreed. And somebody pointed this out, and you know, I'm getting real sick of some people saying how Becky Lynch is being pushed down our throats like Roman Reigns was to that person. Shut the fuck up. But, you know, that it's just, let's call this what it is, the final piece of the puzzle being fallen into place. Yep. The final chapter. Yep. Now it's just the countdown. The fuse is lit, and, and the explosion will happen at WrestleMania. And that's crossing the line. Yeah, I'm not using the soundbite. The end uh, soundbite just takes too much time. All right, so with that, be- with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this, followed by this new plug that we got. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Glenn Thomas from the Wrestling Marks of Excellence. You're listening to The Shark Attack with Sean Williams and J.P. Meyer. I would take that one as, be- as more complimentary. Sounds kind of distinguished. Yes. That big shout-out to Glenn Thomas from the Wrestling Marks of Excellence. Jo- check out him, ne- nephew Corey and Champ Creed. You can find them on Apple Podcasts and on Fo- on one of the Fox Sports stations. They're good stuff from those guys. All right, so this almost made my cross the line because I was so stoked that this happened. We have a new United States champion, and his name is Samoa freaking Joe. This was long overdue, and I couldn't be happier for this besides... Having a heel holding that belt, now you're gonna have people. You're gonna have people try all gunning for Joe, and he's just gonna take them all out. Oh yeah. Because if there's one thing we remember from when he was the X division champion in TNA, you threw everybody in that division against him, and he took them all out. Uh huh. You even had AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels that couldn't even take that belt from him. Well, it took an ultimate X. True, it to took get that X title. It true, it took an ultimate X, and then the rematch between him and Daniels, <laughs> Joe took it back, and then it took a three-way dance with him, Loki slash Senshi at that time, and Sanjay Dutt to to take the belt from him again. But it's about damn time you finally gave Samoa Joe main main roster gold. Because let me tell you something, when he took on Brock Lesnar, Brock barely got by the skin of his teeth, and I'll say this, <laughs> Brock Lesnar, <laughs> Tom, Tommy the Machine Gun personified, you couldn't beat Samoa Joe on your best damn day. You didn't beat him when you won that match. <laughs> you escaped him. Because... Because Samoa Joe is every bit the fighter and every bit the champion that you couldn't be in your wildest dreams. 
paper champion, mother... Ugh. But definitely big congrats to Samoa Joe for that win. And let's let's hope that he that he holds on to that belt for a long time. And speaking of SmackDown, reportedly, Fox is already putting in some input on what they want SmackDown to be when it does air in October this year. Reportedly, they want the two man they want the two person announced team back. No more three three person crap. But also, they want an edgier product. No more P. They don't want any of this parental control PG crap. They want something edgy. They want something more dynamic from SmackDown when it airs on Fox. And you know what? If that's what it's going to take for WWE to do this, do it. JP, what's your yeah. thoughts? No. That's good and bad in a way. Good because you get the edge of your stuff, but bad because you now have stockholders, you got the whole be a star, you got the make a wish. So, eh. Then you adjust. But considering that big deal, that big money deal that Fox gave them, makes it really hard to ignore. Mm. Plus, that that deal that Fox gave WWE, hey, shareholders are getting some of that money. So what have they got to complain about? True. So this will. Another topic I wanted to cover. You know, I gotta tell you, JP, I'm not all that excited about Batista versus Triple H. However, Triple H demonstrated this past Monday how good he is at making you want to see a match that you may not be excited for. Oh, God, yes. He may be older, maybe more seasoned, but I gotta tell you, that guy can... That guy can sell sand to a to a to a soldier in a desert, man. He is just that good. Yeah. He just really knows how to sell and he made you believe that not only does this match mean something, but that he's going to get in that ring with Batista and take his head off. He is good at he's good at putting emotion into the into the mix for a story. That's always been one of his strong suits. Whether as a face or a heel, he knew how to do it. And it may not be the match that everybody wants to see, but what he did on Monday was get everybody's attention with it. Absolutely. I mean, I've said numerous times in WCW, 
There was no talker that was better than Ric Flair. Triple H is no is not better than Ric Flair, not by any means. But he's neck and neck on that level. He's the WWE equivalent of what Ric Flair did in WCW. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. All right, so with that being said, we've gone from the good stuff now to the bad stuff. It's a quick one that I got, but this is where we ask the question, who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? Memo to Lacey Evans. Do something already. Enough of this runway walk crap. Throw a heel at Asuka. Club Mandy Rose with a purse. I don't care. Just do something. Yes. Like, we've seen this enough already. Let's see her actually take some kind of action. At this point, I wasn't in favor of Lacey Evans debuting at WrestleMania to take on Asuka, but at this point, I'll take it. At this point, just do something. I just think it's a waste. If I wanted to see somebody that was all character and no action, I'd look at Tyler Breeze matches. Seriously, I was never a fan of his in NXT. He was just, it was all the gimmick, and then once he got in the ring, nothing. And I hated, hated, hated the beauty shot finisher. Because any jackass that's a high, that does like these high fly kick moves can do that move. So that that always bothered me, but but enough with the enough with the showcasing that you're a lady, Lacey. Just give us something already, because we're a couple weeks away from WrestleMania, and if you that's all you're going to do at it, you got a big problem. Now, next topic. Well, actually, before I get to the next topic. One other thing that came out, so reportedly, Jim Ross is look, set to part ways. From, well, looks like quite a few people are maybe set to part ways from WWE. Jim Ross, apparently, is not going to renew and was actually quoted as to say he feels it's time to move on. And reportedly, he was open to returning to announcing. In fact, he even wanted it. But for whatever reason, WWE didn't want that. Now, if that's the case, and he does want to return to do it, being a play-by-play guy, JP, where would you like to see him go? Mike, I know a while back he was doing work in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, for New Japan. Right. Um, for the English side. Right. Um... Major League Wrestling just brought in Jim Cornette. Now, while I think Jim Cornette's views are ones of an idiot, he's fucking great on commentary, I'll say that. You know, he's always been a good talker. That's one thing that I've always said positive about him. Although that can be for better or for worse, but as a talker, that's always been his strength. AEW 
might need an experienced announcer, commentator. AEW and Ring of Honor are probably the two that I think would true. Well, anybody would true would benefit from having Jim Ross for announcing, but those two would truly benefit greatly if they if they got him. I mean, why not? Why not TNA? I don't know. Is he cool with expect accepting his checks and Canadian money? You see, I like the I like the Impact announced team. It's of it just being Don Callis and Josh Matthews. Yeah, and you know, Matthews is good when he's not trying the heel character crap. It didn't work for Michael Cole, and it didn't, and it wasn't working for him. It's like, look, that era is done. Jesse Ventura made it work. Bobby Heenan made it work. But they were they were just total anomalies and were able to pull it off. You notice and Jerry Lawler was able to pull it off, but but any other time where you've seen it somebody try to be the heel announcer. I'll give you an example of a bad one. Bruce Pritchard as Rio Rogers. Oh, good lord, that was terrible. And if you don't remember that, trust me, you're better off. It was basically Bruce Pritchard doing a Dusty Rhodes impression. Yeah, I don't remember Rio Rogers, and I think I'm thankful for that. Yeah, hell, even Bruce Pritchard has called that a steaming pile of crap. One of his regrets, but but you know I I I would love to hear if if they if Ring of Honor got Jim Ross, I'd be so in on that. Would be huge. It'd be huge for any promotion if they could land him, and for AEW it'd be great. But two others who report reportedly turned down multi-million dollar contracts and may not be sticking around much longer. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. I'm going to throw this question at you. Do you blame them? No, I don't blame them at all. I mean, yeah, they're, they're back in the U.S., they get to see their families and stuff, but they still love doing pro wrestling. And if you're not giving them a chance to do that, then it's not worth it. So I don't blame them for it. Now, in terms of where do I see them ending up, Ring of Honor is always a possibility, and I'm sure New Japan would welcome them back with open arms. But let's not rule out AEW either. What are you going to say, JP? surprised if they went back to Japan. Yeah, they, they, you know, they, they had it good over there. I mean, they got to do what they loved, and, but, you know, the closest, like, in the, in terms of U.S. that they got to do that was in, was in that time where the Bullet Club was being featured in Ring of Honor. Let's not forget the battles between Gallus and Anderson versus the Kingdom. 
Jameson versus the Briscoes. Exactly. So, I just look at WWE wasted what they had with those two. You took two of the elite for the Bullet Club and you honestly couldn't come up with anything for them? It's ridiculous. Yeah, let's look at the big four that came over in January of 2016. AJ, Nakamura, and Gallows and Anderson. Right. AJ's the only one of the four that's had success. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's amazing that Nakamura isn't on the, on his way out yet. Apparently Nakamura's happy. Well, I guess they pay him enough. And if what they if that what's being reported is true that they were offered a multi-million dollar contract and they still turned it down, it's not about the money for Gallus and Anderson. God, I lost track. Exactly. But it's not like he hated it. No. They were part of the Bullet Club. They were the heavy hitters of the Bullet Club. You can say this about New Japan. They treat their guys well. They do. Now, next topic I wanted to cover... Seriously, will the real challenger for Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania please stand up? Because, yeah, we have Kevin Owens taking on Daniel Bryan tonight, and he cut a pretty good promo against Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. But, of course, you still have Kofi Kingston in the mix, which people still want to see. But we also saw the return of one Mustafa Ali. Yeah. So you have a whole, like... (laughs) whole smorgasbord of challengers here for Daniel Bryan come Wrestlemania I honestly don't know what to pick I mean seeing Kevin Owens ripping into Daniel Bryan the way he did I thought I couldn't help thinking that's the Kevin Owens I remember yeah I mean I'm always going to be a fan of Kevin Owens but to me the true Kevin Owens, a.k.a. Kevin Steen, that I'll always be a fan of, was the guy I saw in Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. The guy that packaged pile drove everybody and anyone. Uh-huh. Let's not forget when he did it to Maria Kanellis. Yes, that was probably one of my favorites. Yeah, and after doing it, getting on the microphone and screaming, Merry Christmas, bitch! He was out of his damn mind, and I loved it. And nothing will ever beat the Kevin Steen El Generico Wars. Now those two fought. Nothing will ever beat the latter war. I was. I'm glad you were going to say that one because when he did that package pile driver onto the ladders, the way they were positioned. Oh God! And I, you saw like Jericho look just lifeless and falling off afterwards, and was just like. 
Oh, please, end this match before they kill each other. It's like, a, a part of me didn't want it to stop, but at the same time, I was like, please, somebody take the belt before they just destroy each other. Plus, remember the promo that Steen did before that match where he said he would either leave, still Ring of Honor champion, or a corpse. But also, when he said that, he just thinks him and Generico are just destined to do this forever. And they are. Yep. Without question. But I liked where Daniel Bryan said that Kevin Owens is just like the rest of these people. And and Kevin Owens goes, well, if you mean by like the rest of these people that I think you're a pretentious jackass, then yeah. <laughs> you see, but the big challenge that you're going to have at WrestleMania is that even when Daniel Bryan loses the belt, you still have to have him look strong. You can't have him lose that momentum because the heat that he has as as a heel right now is just epic. Yeah, but okay, let's say he loses a title at Mania. He goes on SmackDown the next, on Tuesday just like crying foul. Say this, that, and the other thing. Let him keep. Let him keep the the heat. And when, like, say, say they they go with Kofi, which would be the smart thing to do. It's just like Kofi's out celebrating, and here comes Daniel Bryan to complain. True, but, you know, here, here's where it's different as opposed to when Charlotte was thrown into the mix for the women's match on Raw. Is that, luckily, you still have people that hate Daniel Bryan enough that they want to see somebody take the belt off of him and don't care who it is. Yeah. They would rather it be Kofi, but I don't think anybody is going to complain if Mustafa Ali or Kevin Owens ends up taking it. No, but right now the one, you always go to your hot hand, and right now your hot hand is Kofi Kingston. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not just because he's, he's like crazy over, although he is, it's also got to do with, you know, it's a, it's also out of, it's a matter of, people respect how much he's put in, in the 11 years he's been in the in the WWE. Exactly. And I think a lot and a lot of guys in the back that work with him feel the same way too. He's always been the workhorse that the WWE's needed when they needed one. And not only that, it's going to give Kofi something he never thought he was going to get, and that's the Grand Slam. Yeah. Absolutely. He's proven throughout the course of his whole career he can go with anybody. Yep. Don't, I mean, he's gone against, in matches against Orton, he's gone against matches in, with Daniel Bryan, he's gone with all of them.
and Mustafa Ali is a young guy. They definitely see the potential in him. We all do. He'll have his time. Absolutely. I mean, he's only been on the main roster for a couple months. He'll he'll have his moment. I mean, they wouldn't have just pulled him out of 205 Live before he won the Cruiserweight title unless they had a good reason for it. And they definitely see a mad potential in him. Yeah, I like since he's been on the main roster, I've seen him thrive. Yeah. He realizes how how big of a golden opportunity this is and he's making every bit of it count. But one way or the other I damn sure would be going for the I'd be going for the fences. Yeah, and but without question, I I do think that what whoever it is that challenges Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan is not walking out champ. And I know some people would say, wait, you think they would change all, they would have all the belts change hands at WrestleMania? That's the way it used to be. Hey, New Japan just did it at Wrestle Kingdom. Exactly. So, it's not a bad thing when your biggest event has, has new champions crowned. New champions being crowned is what that, is one of the things that event was built for. New champions crowned, new stars made, end of story. And now before we wrap things today, um, this is where we have our WrestleMania moment, where we look back at some, like, we discuss a topic that's WrestleMania related. And JP, I let you, I let you have it this week. Yes, and what did I pick? You said best worst celebrity use at WrestleMania. Okay, I'm glad you remembered it. <laughs> yeah, but we did say Snooki does not count as a celebrity. And under much debate, I accepted that. Well, she is like an like an F minus celebrity. Agreed. Yeah, so let, let, let's make it relevant. Let, we'll put the category as relevant celebrities. Okay, so best use of celebrity. For me, I might be biased here. Lawrence Taylor. You know, I'm not calling it biased because that was actually the first one that came to mind. Just because of the fact that, and we've discussed this numerous times, he at least put in the effort. Yeah. And, he, hey, that's a lot of pressure for somebody who has not wrestled a match in his life, and you're closing the show? That's a lot of pressure. Oh, uh, yeah, by the way, Mr. Taylor, we need you and Bam Bam Bigelow to be the main event of WrestleMania 11. Guess he didn't like that either. Yeah, and Axel, um, he was more, um, he liked Snooky. Well, did he, did he look at Snooky and think she was a fire hydrant? Um, he, he looked at her, um, you see, I'm afraid Axel wasn't 
before, and then, but he looked at, like, I showed him videos, he looked at, he looked at Snooky, and then he immediately did number two in the house. Well, that's, I think, pretty much everyone else's reaction. But, you know, there's a lot of significant ones that stand out to me. Bob Euchre getting strangled by Andre at WrestleMania 4. I just thought that moment was funny as hell. Um, nice. I did, I did like Snoop Dogg kind of doing Sasha Banks' entrance. Yeah, Snoop was my number two. That, that was a good one. But, you know, I think, I think, with, I mean, for, I think what I've liked is that, you know, if you're going to use a celebrity, don't use them past what they're capable of. I mean, yes, um. like, you didn't see Snoop Dogg get in the ring and wrestle a match. Right. You did, he did what he did best, and that was rap. Yeah, and another example was uh, was WrestleMania when Pam Anderson was supposed to escort, well, she was supposed to escort the Royal Rumble winner, which was Shawn Michaels that year, but she ended up escorting Diesel anyway. But at least then you knew, hey, she was basically valet and eye candy, so just leave it at that. Yeah. It's not like you saw her get in the ring or have a cat fight with Jenny McCarthy, which... I don't know, back then would not have been a bad thing, but... Nah. But, um, well, might have saved that match. Yeah, that was a snoozer. Yeah. Not it's... Which, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't that Mania 11? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it was, well... That was probably not one of the memorable WrestleManias anyway. That one had, well, for a lot of reasons. But, um, trying to think of, I've tried thinking of some others that, you know, she wasn't exactly great, but for that Maria Menounos, I'll give her, I'll give her credit that she actually got in the ring and actually gave the effort. Yeah, and like, she, we all know she's a wrestling fan. Not only that, she also wrestled that match with two broken ribs. Yeah, so got to commend her for that. I remember this is back when um, I wrote my reviews for shows. I actually shut up, Jill. I will slap the shit out of you. She's laughing at me because of was whenever I wrote them, my spelling was always terrible, and she used to have to um, go over them. Well, hey, if you've seen the, some of the idiots that write for WrestleZone, you'd see it. it trust me, you're you're miles ahead of them. But for I remember for that mania, I picked a, I picked the top five stars of the night, and she I think was number three. Oh, she's laughing at she's actually laughing at me because. One time I did a review of SmackDown. It was like the Super SmackDown Live, which was by far, I think, one of the worst ones ever. Oh, God. I just, if I, can, if I can find it, I'll send it to you. But I trashed the entire show. 
Yeah, if our memory serves, that was a pretty crappy one. But, um, but I was going to say that, uh, in terms of celebrity, uh, musical performances don't count for this. Do they? Are they a completely different category? That's completely different. Okay. Because if I was going to say for that one, hands down, it would have been Motorhead. Oh, God. Oh, absolutely. Nothing was better than them performing Triple H's entrance music. Twice. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, I mean, we've seen several times. I mean, we see we saw Limp Bizkit do it. We saw, um, even saw the band Saliva do it, which, eh, all due respect to Saliva, it's not one of the more memorable ones. Yeah. And it just didn't seem, and for the Limp Biscuit one, it didn't seem like the crowd was too into them at all. No. I mean, the part with the keep rolling, 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 and at one point, he, I think he held out the mic to the crowd to do that. You couldn't even hear shit. Nope. Yeah, that was kind of the signal that Limp Biscuit's 15 minutes were over. But, um... But you know, like one of the earlier memories, it's not a favorite for me by by far, but oh. Okay, this one actually we could I could throw in. WrestleMania 1. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. That's going old school right there. But you know, there's several moments that could stand out. I mean, you you had of course Liberace kicking with the Rockettes. Talk about old school on that one. Tommy yes. Lasorda was the announcer for announcing Hogan as the winner at WrestleMania 2. Hell, Mr. T as wrestling in the main event with Hogan at the first Mania. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, it'd be hard-pressed to not acknowledge that one. And then the following one, him in a boxing match with Roddy Piper. Not saying that was a great one, but it, again, <laughs> something to acknowledge. Or let's not, or let's not forget Alice Cooper. Oh yes, WrestleMania three. And of course, this is probably my all-time favorite. Rowdy Roddy Piper dousing Morton Downey Jr. with a fire extinguisher. That was great. Come here, let me put that cigarette out for you. Yep. Hey, you blow smoke in Piper's face, he'll blow smoke right back at you. And, you know, I could just watch that several times because even, even on something like that, and I told you about this at one point when... um. Piper and Brother Love were trading off. You're seeing Downey in, at his stool. He's changing his socks in the middle of the ring. I'm like, what a gas bag. Given this this was him, but still, I'm like, dude, what an idiot. It just made me more thankful when Piper doused him with a fire extinguisher. Absolutely. But, um... But yeah, I you know, 
There's not that many memorable celebrity moments like there were in the early days with WrestleMania. No, like, one of the ones that I wish we could have done without, WrestleMania 24, Kim Kardashian. Oh, God. Okay, I forgot to say, she is not a celebrity. Unfortunately, she is. Well, she's in the F-minus category with Snooki. I keep, I keep hoping for the day that her and Kanye West just eventually cancel each other out. Huh. They're like the... It's like how they say, don't cross the streams in Ghostbusters. Those two are crossing the streams, but nothing's happened yet. Yeah. But I keep hoping. But that's going to do it for this week. Uh, and of course... Fastlane. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, before we wrap it up, let's give some quick uh, predictions of Fastlane. So... Yes. So, I'm just saying it right now. Look, Becky's winning that match. There's no doubt about that. Becky's winning. Dana Bryan's retaining. Shield's winning. Um, let's see what, um, Asuka's retaining, Asuka's yeah. not losing to, to Mandy Rose. I don't see any of the tag team titles changing. I see the Raw tag title changing. I say they're gonna pull the trigger and give it to Black and Ricochet. That'd be interesting. And how do you have Rey Mysterio versus Andrade on the pre-show? That's just insulting. That one can go either way. I see Mysterio taking that one. Yeah. And then you got the, you got the New Day, Big E and Xavier versus Nakamura and Rusev. Now, I'm curious to see that they already pulled, showed their hand that is going to be Big E and Xavier, which makes me wonder, is uh, Kobe Kingston going to stick his head in the WWE title match? Could be. Let's not rule that out. The only drawback is that, for the most part, tonight is just filler before WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, if you could 86 one pay-per-view, this is probably one where you'd be better off just skipping this one altogether and just building up to Mania. I mean, that's just my stance on it. Yeah. That's the one thing I miss of the days when they would only have a pay-per-view every other month or every couple of months. You at least had enough time to build to something. Now everything's rushed. Yeah. But you know, here here's a, one one other final question before before we start to wrap is that, you know, so WWE they have all the rights to WCW and their and everything with them, right? Yes. If you could bring back, and we've seen them try to do it before with the Great American Bash, if you could bring any WCW pay-per-view back, 
Which one would you bring back? Even if it's just for the title. Halloween Havoc. I would say Halloween Havoc. And the only reason why I wouldn't... I always liked the title of Clash of the Champions, even though it wasn't a pay-per-view, but the only reason I wouldn't bring that back is because, well... Yeah, Night of Champions, but then again, you could just rename Night of Champions to Clash of the Champions. But, um, yeah, I would say definitely Halloween Havoc. There was something unique about a Halloween-themed pay-per-view. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you could always say War or Fall Brawl War Games, but you know what? You don't need, you already have, you can just have a War Games match without having that in a pay-per-view title. You don't always need to have a gimmick match as the title of a pay-per-view. Yeah. But, yeah, we're definitely in agreement on Halloween Havoc, although, I would, I would welcome the idea that they never bring back the Chamber of Horrors match. Oh, God. That was a train wreck. Now, I wouldn't mind spin the wheel, make the deal. That one I wouldn't mind. Well, they kind of did do that with the whole raw roulette. Yeah. True, they did something like that, but... You could do something kind of like that with Halloween Havoc. Yeah. But I think for the most part, a lot of people when asked that question would say Halloween Havoc. Yeah. But you see, though, now, if you were to ask me what type of uh, match to bring back, like, they've brought back the War Games. Which was the right move. Yes. Granted, it's in a different, like, there's no ceiling on this one. Which I'm okay with. But what I would like to see, and call me crazy, is the triple cage. Uh, I don't know. That one I'm not certain on. It's better than the Punjabi prison. Well, I'm not say I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, if I could do without both of those, I'd be fine with that. And even even Bruce Pritchard on something to wrestle has called that match a train wreck. Which one? <laughs> the, the Punjabi prison match. Yeah, that's just bad. He even said that when constructing that, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And then the first time where you try to have that match, Kali can't wrestle. Yeah. He was sidelined. The big show. Yeah. So, that was just a disaster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Guess who returned at a live show last night? Okay, I'm interested to hear this one. Luke Harper. All right. Here's to see what they do with him. Most likely, he'll probably align with Brian and Rowan. I don't know, because this was at... This had to have been a Raw House show because he beat uh, uh, Mojo. 
Really? That is interesting. Not that I don't welcome Mojo Raleigh getting his ass kicked. Well, yeah. Gotta talk about a waste of space that guy is. Oh, one, one other thing before we go. Yeah. Um, praise to Nia Jax. Basically for calling the bitch Dave Metzler out. Oh. I, honestly, I, I saw what you're talking about, and I swear to God, I would kiss her on the lips for this. Yeah, he basically called it fake. Yeah, so... So, Nia Jax. Dave Metzler, W-O-N, is a piece of shit. The fact that you make statements about people's health when you have zero knowledge about it is ridiculous. If you do have access to Superstar's personal medical info, that is a huge violation of the HIPAA, and I'm sure that's not the case. So shut your mouth. way I look at it, she didn't say anything that we didn't already think. No? I mean, we all think Dave Meltzer's a piece of crap. Yeah. And that he wouldn't know the first... He wouldn't know how to... The first thing about running a wrestling promotion if it was screw... If he was screwing it. too busy saying AEW is the greatest ever was his his best friends the young books are there the fact that anybody pays money for his bile that he calls writing is insulting you know how much I would pay I would pay to not have to read it I would pay about 14.8 cents Yeah, and you know what? I, I've I've said this numerous numerous times. I'd rather get root canal surgery done by Freddy Krueger with a shaky hand. I'd rather I would rather strap a porterhouse to my junk and bait a great white shark than read anything of Dave Meltzer's. Yeah. Hell, I would rather. I would rather, I'd rather, I would rather take a swift kick in the nards from David Beckham with a steel-toed boot oh. than, than read anything of Dave Meltzer's. As you can see, I do not like that guy. Yes. The fact that anyone would call him a quote-unquote journalist would be like, comparing TMZ to the Wall Street Journal. But as we wrap things up tonight, um, JP's got a special announcement. I do. Your first episode? Oh, dude, like I said, yesterday was such a blur. Um, Yes, yesterday I taped episode one of the rebirth of an independent point of view. It's just, it's a quick 10, 15 minute episode about me talking about um, my decision to come back 
and what's in store. So that'll be up soon. Yep, and I'll be putting that up today as well as this episode. Cool. Yeah, so definitely check it out. I'll be looking to record again soon. Um, and can't wait for you guys all to hear it. All right, and let them know where they can find you. You can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at JPMayor80. All right, and as always, follow me on Twitter at Prime 81 The Instagram handle for this podcast is at Sean underscore Williams underscore podcast. And, of course, the Facebook group is The Shark Attack, and we have a Facebook group for Variety Bites. This week on Variety Bites, what I can promise you, I have seen Captain Marvel. I will break that down where I rank that, as well as where I rank the other MCU movies. I'll be talking about, what's a song that motivates you, like your kind of Kickstarter song? And I've seen quite a few people, including JP, post some of theirs. I'll have some of my own. And and I'll say this about Captain Marvel. Opening weekend, it's looking to rake in $160 million. Jesus, God. And it's only its seventh highest, highest opening for a Marvel movie. And it's fallen in third for the best March opening. It, I forget what the other one was, but um, or one of the two movies that uh, that it didn't beat was Batman vs Superman, which really it couldn't have beaten that movie. <laughs> and what I can tell you, JP, from what I of what I saw with that movie of Captain Marvel, it's a good fun movie. It's not my favorite Marvel movie by far, but it's but it's a decent fun movie and it made me more excited for Endgame. Yeah, I definitely have to see Captain Marvel before I see Endgame. And I so want that damn soundtrack. It's basically a 90s music hard-on. Nice. Like Nirvana, Elastica... No doubt, and I'm feeling it. And even when they played Elastica, I'm like, I feel so old just for the fact that I remember that song. It was Connection by Elastica, for to clarify on that one. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm just like, God, I feel so old just for remembering that song. But, um, oh yeah, two credit. there are two credit scenes in that thing for when you do see it. Okay, thank you for not spoiling. I'm not spoiling nothing. I'm just making sure you don't leave during the credits. I never do. <laughs> and, of course, I'll also be acknowledging on Variety Bites the passing of Luke Perry. And I won't be able to watch 90210 the same. It'll be tough, and I'm curious to see what they do on... I'll kind of give my theory on what I think they'll end up doing from this point on with Riverdale now that he's... Now that he's passed on. Now, the one thing I'll say about Luke Perry, 
Um, his son, Jack, is a professional wrestler. Yeah. I've actually got to meet him twice. Yeah? He is a very nice, very humble young man. Yeah, I, I, he, I, w- I would imagine him being that kind of guy. I mean, his... His old man, he he never really was crazy about the teen idol stardom he got from 90210. But, um, I mean, he, it's not like he shunned anybody for it, but he was all, but, he was just, I don't know, he just wanted, he didn't really care for that. I mean, and I was saying one mem- one memory, and I've shared this on the Variety Bites group, one one uh, memory I have of Luke Perry was his guest spot on The Simpsons. And I liked how he kind of it he kind of poked fun at himself on that one, and he was a good sport about it. I mean, they shot him out of a cannon for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember him going through the stack of acid jars, and you hear him going, "Oh, my face, my valuable face." <laughs> I was just like, man, thank God he's a good sport with this. Yeah. Or else can you see Krusty the Clown shoot him out of a cannon? Yeah, good times. And oh, a... wait, hold on, son. Okay, Shane... Shane Strickland... Finish up with Defy Wrestling last night. That's what he finished with last night. And it's just going to be his last appearance for the promotion as he moves on to bigger and better things. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, now it's going to be where is he going. Yep. And, of course, I'll also talk about uh, on Variety Bites the recent training of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown going... Going to the Raiders for a third and a fifth. Yeah. I just can't help thinking the Steelers were just... They wanted to get rid of him. Yeah, since they were originally at a... At a first and a player. Then it got moved to a... Just a first. But hey, you know what? They got Juju. They still got... Juju Schuster first, so as their number one guy now. So, hey, but we still we still got him. There you go. And of course, I'll also be talking about the Lakers and how now Ingram is out. And yeah, what I heard, um, um, uh, Lonzo Ball is. Yeah, I heard that too. Although, truthfully, I think Lonzo's a bust. Oh, Lonzo's a bitch. The second his contract comes to an end, my advice to the Lakers, don't renew it. But, all that I'll be talking about. So, that being said, want to thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check out and enjoy Fastlane tonight. He... He's J.P. Mayer. I'm Sean Williams. People, we're out of here.
Say goodnight, JP. Goodnight. Well, good afternoon and goodnight, JP. Close enough. He was born perfect. And just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to evolve.